Virginia. William Hill, America's number one sports book, is now here. And we have a special 2021 offer to help you bet on all your favorite sports risk-free. Download the William Hill Sportsbook app, and when you sign up, you can get started with a risk-free bet of up to $2,021. Use promo code RADIORF. Terms and conditions apply. 21 plus only. Gambling problem? Call, text, or chat our confidential and toll-free helpline at 1-888-532-3500. Let's make it interesting with William Hill Sportsbook. Episode Q30. Here we go, DB, live from the Dave Steckel Studios in Los Angeles. Welcome to the Thanksgiving edition of Kings of the Podcast. Yes, I hope everybody has a happy and healthy Thanksgiving. Stay safe, but uh, let's get to it, Jay. All right, so uh, for those that are wondering, well, how does Steckel qualify to be the name of the studios for Kings of the Podcast, considering that he never played a game for the LA Kings? I wanted to just sort of put it all together, DB. So over the last couple of days, been paying close attention to the Minnesota Golden Gopher Hockey Program. Of course, Brock Faber, Kings prospect, is playing there. We'll talk about that in a moment. But the last two games, they had a two-game series, Minnesota against Ohio State. And so I was thinking the other night while watching the game, you know, I don't recall a player who uh, went to Ohio State ever playing for the L.A. Kings. So I went back and looked through the the draft uh, notes, you know, through the years on HockeyDB, which is a great resource. And um, there are two players that went to Ohio State, neither of which ever ended up playing for the L.A. Kings that were draft picks. Steckel has sort of an interesting backstory to him because, uh, first of all, he was a first-round draft pick in 2001. He was taken 30th overall. That was not a good year for the Kings of the draft. Both players they selected in the first round, Jens Carlson and Dave Steckel, neither of their two first-round picks ever played a game for the L.A. Kings. So that's a bummer. But uh, the Steckel story is an interesting one because he was part of the big trade with the Colorado Avalanche. They sent Rob Blake to Colorado, and five assets came back in return. You had Dead Marsh and Miller, of course, plus two first-round picks, which turned into Steckel, Boyle, and there was a player to be named later, which turned into Jared Allen. Um, the interesting part of all of this, though, is what happened with Steckel after his career at Ohio State. So he plays four years of college hockey, Dennis, and then... He ends up playing one year in Manchester. So he was in the Kings pipeline. However, 
he never ended up really signing his uh, a long-term contract with the LA Kings. So after one year in Manchester, he moves on. Well, where does he go? He goes to the Hershey Bears. Why does he go to Hershey? Because Bruce Boudreaux was the coach in Manchester, and it was his final year in Manch before he left the organization. So Bruce ended up taking David Steckel with him, Steckel goes on to play for the Hershey Bears and eventually, like Boudreaux, gets promoted to the Capitals. And uh, Steckel goes on to play, I don't know, it's about 425 NHL games, I think it was. Uh, you know, not a bad career at all. Uh, if you get over, you know, 150, 200 games, that's pretty solid. Not everybody makes it to 1,000. So he played over 400 NHL games, the bulk of those with the Washington Capitals. And um, he just followed Bruce Boudreaux along the way. You know, I think he's the guy that knocks Sid Crosby out of the uh, Winter Classic. Is that right? His hit. Yeah, yeah, and that was one of the, the more serious concussions that, that, that Sid had. Wow, I, I do not remember that. So, okay, there you go. DB, adding to the Dave Steckel narrative. Uh, <laughs> rather interesting, though, for a guy who never played for the LA Kings. So there was his, his lone uh, moment of glory was to, he, is the, the, he has the naming rights for the studio uh, today, the Dave Steckel Studios. Moving along here in this episode, Dennis, let's get through some LA Kings prospect notes before we bring in our guest today. We have Arash Markazi, uh, who has been a longtime fixture on the Los Angeles sports scene. We're going to bring him in and really talk about a variety of sports not just talk about hockey. Um, back to that Ohio State and Minnesota series, DB. Uh, Faber did end up having his first college goal in game one. He scored a goal. He had an assist. He was the first star of the game, uh, using a little bit of that mayor's magic from the old days, as I was reminded of uh, via text message. You know, that was a thing back in the day. Jared Stoll, for example, was uh, lamenting the fact that he had not scored in the playoffs for a while, and he comes on Mayor's Manor, and the next thing you know, he has a big goal in that Vancouver series. And uh, the guys in Manch used to swear by it. When they would come on and do an interview on Mayor's Manor, they'd get some Mayor's Magic, and then they would have big games. So, uh, yeah, Brock Faber gets a goal, has an apple, first star of the game. He's off to a great start, by the way, DB. Minnesota, I'm sure you've seen my tweets, Minnesota, 4-0 and to start the season. Yeah, I've tuned in a couple of those games on Big Ten Network and on DirecTV. We get that package, so it's been uh, it's been refreshing to see some on ice activity, regardless uh, if it's just the college ranks. Yeah, people ask all the time on on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and you know social media. Where can I find the game? What's going on, people? If you don't have DirecTV, this is another uh, group that should be our sponsor. You need DirecTV because you get the sports package and you get all the channels. Big Ten Network, which is channel six ten, yeah. you're going to get every Minnesota game this season. They're all going to be on uh, DirecTV on the sports package, so you can watch Brock Faber. You also can pick up uh, some of the other Kings prospects that play in the college ranks. So if you want to keep tabs on the Kings prospects, especially up until the NHL gets going at some point, and even the American League for that uh, matter, you can watch these games, and uh, we'll tweet out the channels and whatnot. So, uh, Minnesota's now 4-0 DB. They're moving up the rankings. They picked up three spots in the college hockey rankings um, this week, which came out on Monday a few days ago. They're now um, up uh, up inside the top 10, and we'll have to see what this four-game opening uh, uh, stance here, what it does for them. They play again next Thursday and Friday, so they're off for about a week, uh, but you can catch those games on TV as well. Sticking with the college ranks, Dennis, um, UMass Lowell, unfortunately, Andre Lee, uh, who was a guest on our program, did a, did a great job, by the way. Um, he was a guest on Kings of the Podcast a few weeks ago. He was set to open his college season this Saturday, a couple days after Thanksgiving, and unfortunately, Northeastern has shut their program down. That was going to be their opponents um, for a couple of weeks. So now... UMass Lowell has to wait until 12-4. They're going to play Boston College, uh, the old alma mater of Rob Scuderi. But 
man, what a bummer. You wait months and months yeah. and months for the college season, for your season, for your team to get going. And, and you know, a lot of uncertainty over the last 30 to 45 days about when, how, when, where is it going to get going. You finally get the game scheduled. You're, you're psyching yourself up to play in the game this Saturday. And then, you know, a couple of days before the rug gets pulled out from under you, Dennis. It's not shocking, surprising, but I agree with you. Being off the ice for that long, finally wanted to play a game and then having to now wait further. It's got to be frustrating for uh, all, all different types of athletes at this point. Yeah, for sure. So Andre Lee and Ben Meehan, two Kings prospects that are playing there at UMass Lowell. They'll get going again on the fourth. Uh, Boston University has to wait even longer. Of course, that's where Braden Doyle is, and they're off until the 11th of December. Um, and then St. Cloud, they're not ranked in the top 20 at this time. They're knocking on the door. They're just on the outside, though. They're going to get their season started on 12-2. David Rennick, uh, who... Uh, also came on the program, probably one of my all-time, fa- actually not probably, he absolutely is one of my all-time favorite guests. What a beauty. I'm still getting texts for, uh, and, and messages from people about how fantastic that was. Just an amazing, amazing thing. The Karate Kid, David Rennick, um, in St. Cloud State, they're going to get their program going here uh, next week as well. So once we get on the other side of the Thanksgiving holiday, um, things will start to pick back up again next week. Although there is one game, Dennis, that is scheduled for Thanksgiving here in the U.S. US, uh, it's just a Thursday over in Germany. So uh, Berlin, the Ice Bears, they are still playing. And um, their next game is coming up on Thursday, Thanksgiving morning. It'll be at 10.30 a.m. Pacific time. Now, uh, I mentioned briefly in the last uh, episode of Kings of the Podcast that uh, the goaltender, Jacob Ingham, was probably going to be coming home. He is back in the United States. Um, he is getting ready for ECHL training camp with, you know, D.B., Remember the name of the team? The Swamp Rabbits. The Swamp Rabbits. There you go, baby. We're going to have to get you a Swamp <laughs> Rabbits jersey. What a fantastic name. Uh, I, you know, that's, we need to do that. I, I love doing the, the, the tournaments on, on Mayor's Manor to hear what the fans have to think. Um, and we need to do a tournament of the top 16 names in all of pro hockey uh, because the Swamp Rabbits, I mean, they, they, they are up there. That, that, is a, that is a lethal contender for the best name in, in, for any sports franchise. John, I, I don't even know what a swamp rabbit is. <laughs> I don't that's, that's, I've never heard of that. Is there a species actually to swamp rabbits? I have to, I have to Google it once we get off the air to get a little bit more educated on what a swamp rabbit is. Please do. Report back on the next episode. I'd like to hear, we'll call it the Bernstein file. Can you please report back and let us know what the deal is on the swamp rabbits? You're from the Bronx, DB, so I don't think that, uh, I don't think they have a lot of swamp rabbits going on there. As for the other two Kings prospects that are playing over there in Berlin at forward, of course, I'm talking about Akil Thomas and Aiden Dudas. They are scheduled to play in uh, the Magenta Cup, which it, uh, resumes for Berlin on Thursday, Thanksgiving morning, 10.30 a.m. Pacific. As I mentioned, they will be playing in that game. And there are two other games that Berlin has on the schedule as part of the that tournament. That would be December 3rd and December 5th. So from what I understand, as of right now, uh, Dudas and, and uh, Akil Thomas will complete that tournament and then probably come back. So uh, around the 6th or 7th, you could see news breaking about those guys coming back over. And sticking overseas for a couple of minutes, DB, um, another player that we recently spoke about on the podcast, the, the plan was for Leas Anderson to come over for training camp. That has been confirmed uh, by our sources. So he will join the Kings when training camp opens in Los Angeles at some point. Of course, he was a player that they traded a second-round pick to acquire from the New York Rangers. He's playing over in Sweden. And uh, it'll be interesting to see 
what kind of showing he has at training camp. Uh, as we mentioned previously, DB, probably an outside chance of making the LA Kings roster for this coming season, only because of the way the roster is constructed. For him to make the team, you probably would be looking at a player like a Mike Amadio or maybe a Trevor Moore that would end up um, having to go on waivers. Don't think that's what the Kings want to do right now, but uh, it will certainly be interesting to see Leas Anderson, a former first-round draft pick, uh, trying to reacclimate himself here to the North American game. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited about it. But I agree with you with respect to asset management. There's no reason to make that move and risk those one of those two players. Yeah, you put him in the American League most likely, let him start the season, and if he lights things up over the first month, then then maybe you're you're more inclined to make a move like that during the season. Uh, a few more notes from overseas. Uh, Granz, the uh, defenseman that they selected, in the, another defenseman, I should say, they selected in the second round. He's missed the last couple of days with a stomach flu. Have to see if he can get some uh, playing time over there. Kim the Finn, he scored a nice goal. You can check it out on Twitter and uh that was some Kings on Kings crime. He was playing another L.A. Kings prospect. You can also keep track of all of this um, inside the prospect tracker that we post on mayorsmanor.com every Sunday night or Monday morning. Uh, over in the United States, Dennis, a couple of quick notes here to wrap things up. In the USHL, uh, again, 2020 draft pick Alex Lafiere. He was suspended for two games, so he is at least the third LA Kings prospect by my count that has been suspended so far this season. So it's been, I don't know. I mean, they talk about drafting character. They didn't talk about drafting all these bruisers that uh, are out there getting suspended. So um, the other thing going on here in the States, DB, is the World Junior Camps, of course, are, are getting getting underway. Uh, Canada has been going. Uh, Jordan Spence is there. Byfield is there. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Team Canada did have to shut things down. They were scheduled to play another of their red-white games. They shut it down. We're kind of in limbo waiting to see what's going to happen next because they were scheduled to play um, some of the uh, Canadian universities here uh, this coming weekend. So we'll wait on that news. And it looks like USA camp is going to get going around December 9th. Uh, and that would, of course, feature LA Kings players or prospects, not only Brock Faber, but also the two guys that are here in Los Angeles training, which would be um, uh, Kaliev and Turcotte. Of course, everybody, Dennis, is still waiting on what is going on with the NHL. What's your what's your hot take on where things stand with the National Hockey League? I don't know, John. It's it's getting it's getting really really tight at this point in time. But if I don't think that January one out, I, I think unless something happens quickly early next week, I think that's off the board. And it has to be. I mean, you got to get people. We're talking about the twenty fifth of November here, and I think in talking to a couple of the guys here, the um, on on the roster, I, I think players would be comfortable with a late January start. And I think that's what we're trending right now because the NHL and the PA haven't spoken and they haven't scheduling talks. I think it's now a big game of chicken, which is really unfortunate. I'm not sure why this is occurring, uh, but I, I think we're trending more towards maybe a January 15th, January 20th start as opposed to a January 1st start. You know, I know that, uh, Dennis, both of us were on with uh, Roger Lajoie up in uh, Toronto mm-hmm. recently, separately. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure if it was during your spot if he asked you, but when, when he and I were discussing, I think there's some economic benefit to the NHL actual, actually waiting because I look at it this way. They need to get done by July 15th so that all of the uh, commitments on television are done before the Olympics start fine. And so they also need to play a minimum right. of 48 or 50 games, somewhere in that range, to satisfy the TV contract. So I think you just start at the end of July, or excuse me, July 
15th and you work your way backwards and you say, what's the absolute uh, latest date that we could start in order to accomplish that? You don't need to, from an economic standpoint, need to play a 60 or 65 or 70 game season in empty arenas. It doesn't benefit the National Hockey League. I'm sure there are some sponsor benefits and whatnot, but by and large, this is a, and we've talked about this so many times, it's a, it's a gate-driven, a ticket-driven league. So to me, the fewer games that you play in empty arenas, the better off you actually are going to be. Yeah, well, the one problem with that, John, is, is what, what kind of deferrals or, you know, are you going to have with respect to the salary? Are, are the players going to expect to be paid same, you know, same for 82 games, now at 48? But there is a precedent, right? In 2013, the lockout, and when the Hawks won the Cup in 2013, they did play a 48-game regular season. So as short as that might be, I, I get your point about 48-game season was legitimate in 2013. Well, speaking of reduced-game seasons, Major League Baseball wrapped up their season, and our guests coming up after the break are Rosh Markazi. He uh, helped cover the Dodgers and their postseason run, so we'll have to talk to him about that. He also has been a fixture here on the L.A. sports scene uh, with all different sports, basketball, baseball, uh, hockey, a bunch of different things. So after the break, Dennis, we'll bring in our good friend Arash Markazi and we'll talk all things Los Angeles sports. This week at Macy's, get great deals on fashion and home essentials. Update your wardrobe with 20% off new spring shoes and sneakers and 20 to 50% off fresh looks for him and her. Plus, transform your space with Lux Hotel Collection bedding now 40% off. And Macy's Star Rewards members can earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Welcome back, second period, Kings of the Podcast, and we're going to bring in now, DB, this is a, a little bit of a, a departure from our normal hockey player, hockey management uh, type person, but uh, we want to bring in a longtime friend for both of us, Arash Markazi, and for those that don't know, he is hosting a radio show now, the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090. Arash, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Now, right out of the gate, how's the radio show going? Just tell the listeners. I'm sure that, you know, half of them have been tuning in. The rest need to. How's the show been going so far? It's been going great. You know, 1090 has a great signal. Uh, you know, it's primarily viewed as the San Diego station, but the, uh, but the antenna, you know, the, 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 um, it's actually based in Baja, but you can hear it crystal clear, Los Angeles, Santa Barbara, driving up San Francisco. So, you know, 70,000 watts and, uh, you know, a little bit like the 690 back in the day. So 1090, 12 to 1 every day. Uh, if you miss the show on 1090, it turns into a podcast. And so we're on Spotify, Google, all that great stuff. Well, I thought I was a great self-promoter, but that's outstanding. You gave us the full rundown. <laughs> and and I go. think I think you also just answered the question about why it's now the mightier 1090, because if I'm not mistaken, the, the mighty 690 back in the day was only 50,000 watts. So now they uh, they bumped it up to 70,000. So that's even better. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I was just driving the other day up to Santa Barbara, and it was amazing that you could hear it. So, uh, yeah, I uh, hope everyone tunes in. 
All right, so let's get after it. I, I have uh, look. There was a very specific reason that we that we uh, booked you on the show. First of all, you, as Dennis loves to say, you are L.A. right because you're you're everywhere. We'll get into that. All the different sports and whatnot. But there's also a really good reason that we wanted to book you, and that is that Dennis and I have fallen into this terrible trap. We're like an old married couple where we agree more often than not now. So all that fire and venom that we used to have in our relationship, where we would disagree all the time, <laughs> we now agree too much. And so I said, well, let's bring on Arash because I vehemently disagree with some of his takes. So we're going to bring you on. And the first one is the Kulaku. Come on, man. That tweet that you put out there and you let your, your, your readers, it's, it's an old tweet now, but I bring up old stuff, Arash. So we're going to, we're going to go deep here. Uh, where, where they said, they, they, I think the answer, 60% of the people said, what's a Kulaku? You need to block all of those people and unfollow them. Because if you don't know what a Kulaku is, I don't even want to talk to you anymore. So here's the problem with the Kulaku. I, and maybe no, you can you stop know, right there. There's no problem with the Kulaku. <laughs> no, the problem is with gonna, the people. You, you are going to agree that this is a problem. Okay. I, I believe that they have once again discontinued the Kulaku. Because I don't know the last time you had one, but I tried to not obviously this past season because we didn't really have a yeah. season. But the year before when we could actually have fans, I do not believe, and I have to get this confirmed. I did not expect us to, to talk about this. I did not get this confirmed <laughs> one way or the other. I don't know if the Kulaku is still, like, available. I think they have a knockoff Kulaku now. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. And I blame, and again, it's not the Kulaku's fault. It's the fans' fault for not supporting the Kulaku. There is no other food item available at any arena or stadium across this great uh, United States that is better than a Kulaku. I could, I could wolf down two, maybe three Kulakus in a game. Who doesn't love a Kulaku? So, yeah, we're, we're not in disagreement. I think you disagree that a lot of the people who follow me are younger than we are, so they don't know what a Kulaku is. I don't know when it was discontinued the first time, but they have no frame of reference. They have never heard of the Kulaku before. Well, well shame on those people. I, I, I have a problem with them. So all of them, when you tweet this out, they can all tweet me back, and we can get into a great Twitter <laughs> debate. Look, there's not a lot of sports on TV right now to debate. Fortunately, there, there's a, you know, a few leagues are playing, and we can watch some things. But uh, we need some good Twitter debate right now. So let's, let's talk about the Kulaku. Here's another one of your hot takes, Arash. I saw you. Now, I'm going to tell you right out of the gate, though. Uh, Dennis probably follows the NBA maybe a little more than I do. I, I really just don't care about the Lakers or the Clippers anymore. I'll be honest with you. Ever since they signed Shaq, I swore off the Lakers, okay? It was a diehard. Wait, so back in 96, yeah. you stopped watching the Here's why. Okay, you want to get into it? I'm going to get into it. Let's do it right now, yeah. then, okay? So I was a diehard, <laughs> diehard Laker fan. Used to go to games all the time. I loved Magic, Nick Van Exel. I loved them all, okay? Back in the day. Um, but when, when they, when there were rumors, the season coming into free agency and they said they might sign Shaq, I said, I will swear off the Lakers. I will be done with them if they sign Shaq. And my reasoning is this. I like athletes who take their job and their profession more seriously than Shaq. So people, Oh, isn't he funny? Isn't he this? No, I don't want him off making movies and rap albums. When you're shooting 50% from the free throw line, I want you in the gym. I want you working out. Okay. Especially with all of that God given size and talent, I need you to maximize it. So I had a problem with it. So I, I'm a man of my word. I said, I will not go anymore. And so um, I swore off the Lakers when they signed him. And then the season after that, uh, or, or soon thereafter, I was offered courtside seats for a playoff game. Somebody wanted to test my, my loyalty, my word. And I said, no, I will not go. Thank you very much. And I did not go. So I will tell you, I have been to a Laker game 
at Staples Center. Um, I saw LeBron play. I went to a game. I've also, I, I went to a handful of Clippers games because I wasn't anti-Clippers um, when uh, Blake Griffin was there and stuff like that. But anyway, the point is this. I'm not a big uh, a basketball fan, so I'm going to let you know that up front because you're a big basketball guy. But I yeah. will say that I am at least knowledgeable enough to know that I vehemently disagree with your tweet the other day about Paul Casal getting his jersey retired. Hell no, you cannot retire Paul Casal's jersey as a Laker. It will get retired. It's not even a debate or an oh. opinion. I mean, he is a first ballot Hall of Famer. He helped the Lakers win back-to-back championships, go to three straight finals. I mean, it is not even a debate about him getting into the Hall of Fame. And that, and therefore, when you look at the Lakers, they, they, they took their sweet time with Jamal Wilkes and Gail Goodridge. But their rule is, listen, if, if, if you've played a good majority or a good amount of your career with the Lakers and a big reason why you're in the Hall of Fame is because of your time with the Lakers you're going to get your jersey retired and Kyle Gasol is a first ballot Hall of Famer it's not debatable I don't think the people who are tuning into your show want to hear me extol the virtues of Kyle Gasol (laughs) but he is a first ballot Hall of Famer he will get his jersey retired probably not before he gets into the Hall of Fame I think the Lakers will wait for him to get into the Hall of Fame and the moment he does get in which he will on the first ballot he will get that number 16 retired. Okay, he can be a first ballot Hall of Famer. That's fine. But he didn't even play the majority of his career. He did not even play 50% of his career. He played seven seasons in Los Angeles. He wasn't drafted by the Lakers. See, I have an it issue with that. the drafting part, but seven seasons is a good, eh. I mean, that, means that that was the prime of his career. I mean, he went to three straight finals, won back-to-back championships. All right. Like, he all-star player. I mean, they, this, this wasn't like at the, the tail end of his career. I mean, people forget, by the way, Will Chamberlain played his last five seasons in Los Angeles. I mean, it wasn't like the majority of his career, but what happened? Oh, he played really well, obviously, here, and he won a championship. So if you are in the prime of your career with the Lakers and you help them win a championship, I think that's really important. And Powell did, 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 did that twice. And people forget, when they traded away your friend Shaquille O'Neal, they were done. They missed the playoffs. They were getting bounced in the first round. They were not a championship-contending team. They make that trade for Paul Gasol, three straight trips to the finals and back-to-back championships. So tell me if this is a fair comparable then, because I, I've long said Jeff Carter's jersey will not be retired by the L.A. Kings. He helped them win two championships. He will play the vast majority, probably 80% of his career with the L.A. Kings, but his jersey will not be retired. You're going to see Dustin Brown, Andre Kopitar, Dowdy, and Quick. Their numbers will go to the rafters. 77 is not going to the rafters. Yeah, so you guys would know more about that than I do, like in terms of Jeff Carter being a Hall of Fame player. Do the Kings have that kind of I mean, The Lakers are pretty black and white about, like, if you're a great player and help them win, that's not good enough to get your jersey retired. You have to get into the Hall of Fame. So that's why you're not going to see Derek Fisher and um, Michael Cooper and, I mean, really great players who help the team win championships but if you're not in the hall of fame you're not going to get your no number no i'm, I'm gonna go right now if michael if if paul casal goes up there coop has to go to the rafters i'm, I'm well, starting that a hall of fame player though that's that's the difference i mean there's there's a role player and there's a hall of fame player you get your jersey retired if you're a if you're a hall of fame player i'm turning it over to dennis while i go tweet that michael cooper should have his jersey retired <laughs> db take over <laughs> Hey, Harash, so the, the radio gig. So now, look, you've been a major guest on uh, Rome, the Jungle, Colin Coward uh, with the Herd. Like, are you now a competitor or are you still go on those shows? And, and what's it like to do a daily show on, you know, for an hour a day? 
Yeah, I mean, that's a little tough for me to kind of be in this position because I love those guys. Those guys are the best at what right. they do. So I do not view myself as a competitor. I have not been on with them yet. I don't know if they view me as a competitor. I mean, but that, that's the great thing about 1090 Signal is that you can really hear it whether you're in San Diego, Los Angeles, Santa Barbara. So, you know, technically it is competition, but I, I don't view myself in that way. But I'm such a big fan of the medium, you know, back in the day with 690 and 1150 and 570 and things like that. And so it really is one of those dream job situations that I didn't think I would ever have, but it's been really fun. Arash, did you call in so, to, to Rome back in the day? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, DB, go ahead. No, no, go, go ahead, Jay. Did you ever call in to Rome back in the day? I know you were a big listener like I was, but did I you ever call in? I sent the fax. No, I, I did the big fax of the day, but I never won the fax of the day. But I would fax him. I would fax Lee Hotspot Hamilton. I would fax the loose cannons. You know, because I was young and I and I didn't really have confidence that I could get on the air. But that's been, when I've been on the air with Jim Rome and he brings me on and I get to talk with him, that is always a thrill for me because I've never told him this but i was like dude like i used to listen to you on 690 like all the time so for me to be a guest on your show now is crazy yeah i will uh i will just tell you that um i was huge call of the day actually it was back, oh. it's true this is a true story db i don't even know if you know this story back in no i don't know this one back no. in 1993 the kings were in the in the western conference final against um against the Toronto Maple Leafs, in my opinion, the, the greatest seven-game series in NHL history, by the way. But that's a different story for a different day. So um, during that series, I called into Rome, and I was huge call of the day, which was the thrill of a lifetime at that point in time because, uh, like you, Arash, I was a big Rome fan, used to listen all the time, loved the smack, the jungle, the whole thing. And uh, for winning huge call of the day, they sent me a Mighty 690 T-shirt and a Mighty nice. 690 hat. So, yes, uh, I never I – don't, I don't know what I did with all of that stuff. Um, that would be great to, you know, frame on the wall at this point but somewhere in my garage there is a cassette tape of that phone call i need to find it i need to dig it out and i need to maybe we'll play it here on kings the podcast huge call of the day and uh, by the way i ended the call with good night now as a uh, uh, tr- as a tribute to lee hacksaw hamilton so there you go and by the way if you go back wayne gretzky post game when they win game seven in toronto he he gives a shout out to jim rome and the jungle karma and so um, I'm sure people can find that on YouTube. But uh, when that game is done and post-game, <laughs> something about jungle <laughs> karma. Yeah. This year's been crazy, right? And you've been a lot of places, been to the World Series. But um, I'm a season ticket holder for the Rams. Um, the closest I've gotten to being in the stadium was visiting a team store. But you've been to Charger games. I'm not sure if you cover Rams games. But just give the, the fans that, you know, because some of the Kings fans obviously are, are fans of the other sports. Like that stadium, that building, what's it like to be in? I'm sure you've been to the Dallas, to Jerry World. Just just a just an analysis of, of what fans should expect. Like, it's so fantastic. Yeah, I mean, the first thing is, is, is- – the first thing that really sticks out to me is how below ground this thing is. I mean, you don't really see the structure until you're like one block away, which is a little different than Cowboy Stadium, which is massive. And the, the thing that gives you like an idea of how below ground this thing is, when you walk in, when you park your car and you walk in, you're on the sixth floor. So, I mean, that gives you like an idea of how deep uh, below ground the field is and the locker rooms and things like that. Hmm. But it's just this massive structure and it is so beautiful because um it is like indoors and um outdoors so like when you're gonna go to the concourse you know if, if there's a nice breeze you feel the breeze but if it's you know if, if it's um 
you know, if, it, if it's pouring rain, you're covered. But if they, it's a see-through ceiling, um, so when it when you know when the sun goes down, so I've been to a, the Rams Seahawks game, and then when it got dark, you can see that it got dark. But then it has like these beautiful like you know purple and gold lights, and and it's just a beautiful stadium. And the other thing that really sticks out is that screen. That is going to be the first thing people talk about once they walk in. You know, it's 360 degrees, and it's uh, they they want fans to get there for those. 10 a.m. game, you know, because while Los Angeles sports fans, as we know, like to show up late, but their hope is <laughs> that 10 a.m., that's going to be the best sports bar in the country, and they want to have, like, you know, cheap food okay. things and cheap drinks, so, I mean, you can show up at 10 a.m., watch the games on the big screen. Your personal story is incredible, right? You're a two-time cancer survivor for non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, but I also want to talk about the weight loss that was highly publicized. Oh. I think it was 130 pounds. You can update me on the amount. But if you go to your Instagram account, you're still on the treadmill every day doing this. What was the defining moment for you to say, I got to I got to do this. I got to change my life. Yeah, it was two years ago and I was flying back from Mexico. And for whatever reason, you know, I was big at that point. But like, for whatever reason, on that particular day, the seat belt could not fit. And it was like the first time like I was like, oh, man, like I don't want to get an extender. So I'm just going to pretend that I'm wearing my seatbelt. So I put up will hang it over my lap just so they sure. actually give her you know kudos for this she she wanted to make sure i have my seatbelt on and i kind of gave, gave her this hopeless look of like i don't have it on because it doesn't fit and she discreetly handed me uh the extender and for whatever reason like that was the moment in time that it clicked for me and there was so many other times that it should have you know when you get to 329 pounds and you can't fit, fit into certain seats and you can't fit into your pants and you can't do certain things but for whatever reason, that was the moment for me. And as soon as we landed and we were back in Los Angeles, you know, I joined the gym. My friend had like a meal prep company and he helped me out. And I was like, like I have to change my life. I have, to, I have to change what I'm doing. And so I never really did it to um, to show other people or like but I, I put it on social media to keep me accountable because I felt like if I said like beginning today, September 26, right. 2018, like I'm, like, I'm going to start, that'll make me accountable. And the cool thing about that is that so many people have joined me on this journey. It's been hard during COVID. Obviously, so many gyms are closed down and there's, you know, you can't do certain things. But, um, you know, that's been such a great thing for me is like just having that constant. And I, and I, and I tell people like cons- consistency is the key there. You're, you're not going to lose 130 pounds in one week or in, you know, two weeks or you know, you, you have to be consistent at The one in- thing that interests me is, I'm not sure if you're still doing it, but you're an adjunct professor at USC. And for people that know you as a USC guy, you actually enrolled at Arizona State first and you transferred to USC. But what, what was the, the backstory with respect to wanting to be an adjunct professor at USC? Yeah, so they reached out to me. Jay Adonde was teaching a class there. And then when he left, um, you know, I think he had brought up my name or a few other people and the, the you know the, the crazy thing for me is like i didn't never talked before so that was the first thing i told them and with this like cat junk role i think they they just want a current you know someone who's currently in the field to teach to you know teach students how they do well, what they do what i love about that class and the reason i'm taking a break right now is that all the teams were so supportive of me bringing the class to the games whether it was a king's game a lakers game clippers game Dodgers game so those kids by the end of that class what my goal was for them to really truly know what it's like to cover sports and 
you know, what you will want to do in that field. And the really cool story is um, two years ago, one of my students, uh, you know, we went to the Tadras game. And what will normally happen is that the PR person will pick up, will give their contact information. And I always tell my students, like, don't be shy. I mean, they, they gave you their contact info. Hit them up. And so one of my students, she, she contacted the PR director. She's now working for the Dodgers. She was in Texas for the World Series. And it was so cool to see her, you know, just two years since taking that class, you know, get to have that moment. And that, that, that's the rewarding thing for me is when I see my students go on to have great careers. And so, again, taking a break from that right now, because I, I get we have to do things via Zoom, but that class in particular would have been hard to do just right. on, on Zoom. Last one for me, Arash. I know you're a big fight guy this weekend. Mike Tyson or Roy Jones Jr.? Yeah, you know, that, that, that's a fight that I'm probably not going to watch just because I, I, I really like both fighters. I like Mike Tyson. I like Roy Jones Jr. I just liked them 20 years ago. So I I, um, <laughs> I get what they have to do. It's going to be a good payday, hopefully, for them. But uh, those, those fights always depress me. You know, when Tito Ortiz fought Chuck Liddell a couple years ago, I'm like, like, I love their fight so much, but back in the day, like, this is not, this is not right. This is not the same. So, yeah. You know, uh, I, I learned from, from my own mistake there on that one. Huge Chuck and Tito fan, UFC fan like you, covered UFC for a long time, been around the fights, loved it all, the weigh-ins, the whole deal. But uh, I, I was hyped coming into that fight. I know that it was years too late, but I was hyped coming into that fight. I was like, yeah, Chuck and Tito, here we go again. And I left so depressed. I, I was de- yeah. I was depressed in the opening minute of the fight. And uh, on that day, I swore to myself, I will never do that again, that once once those fighters reach that age, no matter how much respect I have for them, or maybe out of respect, that's why I, I, yeah. won't, I won't watch them. And I, I totally can relate to what you're talking about there. You know, because we, we remember what those fight nights were like. So it's it's okay to think, oh, Chuck and Tito. But then again, like you said, like you watch the first 60 seconds and yeah. you're like, that's not Chuck. I mean, it's <laughs> Chuck and Tito like in name, but it's yeah. not the Chuck and Tito I remember. Yeah, for sure. Uh, if, if that, maybe what we all need to do on Saturday night is pop in a DVD of a Mike Tyson fight. <laughs> exactly. And, and we yeah. can get our, we can get our Tyson fill. Um, but how about this one? Uh, let's go back. You, Dennis had mentioned that you were in Texas for the World Series. I mean, we have Vin Scully's birthday coming up here on November 29th, so it's coming up this Sunday. Can't wait. Uh, everybody, of course, is praying for Tommy Lasorda and hope that uh, yeah. Tommy gets better. It's a, a difficult situation. But um, where do you stand on you know the age-old debate about, well, the Dodgers finally won the World Series, but they did it in the year of COVID? Well, here's where I stand with that is I think that is harder to do it on a neutral site. When you're the Dodgers and you've earned home field and so you've earned the right to play these games at home, sleep in your own bed, to be with your families, you know, to do it in a situation where they were basically in Texas for a month, you know, I don't knock them for that. I, I think they were all playing um, under the same rules. They, they, like, in addition to not being at home, they had to do this wild card series. And so... You know, listen, I get it. It was a 60-game season, but whether it was a 162 games or 60 games, the Dodgers were the best team. And so we knew that they were going to have the number one seed. We knew that they were going to have um, home field. So, you know, I, I get what people are saying. At the end of the day, the Dodgers were robbed of a World Series in 2017, so I have no issue with them. I mean, they were the rightful champions this season. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's just touch on a couple of your other loves. We, we briefly mentioned UFC, but uh, we, we have to, of course, bring up WWE as well. I didn't realize how 
how long of a fan, I mean, a lifelong wrestling fan until you posted a picture on Twitter a couple of years ago during WrestleMania. There you were. How were you up in the front row or near the front row? I was, I was, I'm going to date myself here. I was in the second row. My dad took me to WrestleMania two in Los Angeles, Bundy and Hogan in a cage. Yeah, It was fantastic. But, uh, what's the story with you and wrestling and how did all that come to be? So I used to go to the uh, LA sports arena like you back in the day. WrestleMania nine was in Las Vegas and I didn't have front row seats, but as soon as, um, so Yokozuna beat Bret Hart and I ran to like the, ran to the front row just to kind of see it. Cause I, that was the end of the night. And then Hulk Hogan comes in and then he beats, yeah, you know, you know, he beat uh, Yokozuna for the championship, and that was sort of like the shot. They panned the crowd, and I was in the front row. So, um, but I've always been a fan. You know, that they used to have, um, they used to have it on uh, Channel Eleven back in the day on Saturday and Sunday afternoon. So, um, you know, it, it's just sort of like an escape. It's funny when I tell people like I like it. People are like, well, you know, it's not real. I'm like. Yeah, I know that, and I know soap operas aren't real either. Like, it's like an escape, and so it's something that I've always loved watching, and, and you get to know these guys, actually, and they love sports, too. So, you know, having you know covered some of these guys, you get to know them personally, so talking to them about real sports, and then I love talking to them about, like, their character and storylines and yeah, it's it's so cool. Yeah, as a as a marketing person, um, which is kind of how I came up in the business world, I I love the whole marketing aspect of it, and just like yeah. you were mentioning, the creation of the character and how how you put the whole thing together, and you know, obviously, what Vince has done is just phenomenal to take it from you know regional territories into making it a national thing. Um, little funny story for you, Dennis is a big wrestling fan as well, and uh, nice. one time to uh, to rib Dennis, I actually did an interview with Nick Bockwinkle because DB and I used to talk about Bockwinkle and Steve and stuff so uh <laughs> one of the uh one of the funny uh parts to that story was when i uh got nick bockwinkle's phone number i had called him and i had to leave a message um and let him know who i am and that i would like to do an interview with him and bockwinkle called me it's a true story i, I actually saved the message to this day because it cracks me up bockwinkle calls me back and I didn't pick up the phone. He left a voicemail message. And he, John, this is Nick Bockwinkle and returning your call. And at the end of the thing, he says to me, and if you ever give anybody my number, I will find you and I will kill you. <laughs> and, <laughs> That's amazing. And, and, if, and if you know Nick Bockwinkle, right, growing up as, as a kid and you, you hear these legendary stories about these guys, it'd be like a young fan today hearing about like Haku or some of those tougher guys. Oh, yeah. Larry Zabisco. Right. I was scared, you know, as a grown adult oh, yeah. with Nick Bockwinkle leaving me a message that he was going to kill me. So, um. Called him up. We had a great interview, and uh, it's one of those articles on Mayor's Manor that really is only there for my own amusement. It was, it was, right? it was just so that I could could text Dennis that uh, I interviewed one of his heroes. That was all. I love that. That is awesome. Last question then, just to uh, to wrap up with you and Arash, thanks for coming on today. We certainly appreciate your time. It's been a, a wonderful tour of uh, Los Angeles sports and history uh-huh. and that sort of stuff. Um, but one of your other loves is the city of Las Vegas, and uh, I remember. Uh, we were having lunch with you 
Uh, you might yes. not, in, in okay. You do remember at I think it's I called it's pu- public school. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. 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 Well, right before the uh, the Las Vegas, or excuse me, the Vegas Golden Knights. They have disowned the word loss. So the, <laughs> the, the Vegas Golden Knights before their very first ever game, we were having uh, lunch. I think you were auditioning for the Four Horsemen at the time because uh, we have an opening. So you know, Dennis is a member of the Four Horsemen. You have Dave Joseph. You have myself. But we had a great lunch with you. We had a lot of fun. And uh, just, what do you think about sort of the? The, the Vegas sports scene in general, obviously the Raiders are there now, but uh, the race is on for them to either get an NBA team or to somehow attract a Major League Baseball team, most likely at the site of the uh, the Rio Hotel, from what we understand. Yeah, real quick, let me just tell you, I love the Four Horsemen. I love the times that we had in 2012 and 2014. The one moment that really sticks out to me is going up to San Jose when the Kings came back from 3-0. They won in Game 7. And just talking to you guys about the Kings and where these moments Stand in Game Seven and Justin Williams and all that kind of stuff. Too. I mean, I, I appreciate you guys and thank you guys for allowing me to tag along with your group. I kind of feel like, um, you know, Steve McMichael when he was part of the Four Horsemen or something. Like, he's not like a real part of the Four Horsemen, but he kind of. They were like, okay, you can you can hang out with us. Um, you know, Vegas is just such a great uh, sports town, and you know, this was you know, COVID is just tough for like all parts of the world but in vegas in particular i mean they were like opening up the new stadium they got a pro football team i mean they this was sort of going to be a big year for las vegas in terms of hotels and sports and things like that and so you kind of have to kick the can down the road to 2021 because again they were going to have the draft there they were going to have all these events there the pro bowl and so again it's going to happen at some point but you know what what, what people forget about vegas and as you guys know um, it's not just the strip, right? You got Summerlin, you got Henderson, you got the North Las Vegas, and when they got the hockey team, I think there were so many people who thought, "Well, who's going to support this team?" And it's like, again, it's not just the guy who's working at the Caesar's Palace or the Mirage. I mean, there's a community here, and so, um, and as you guys saw, like as well, I mean, that facility, that practice facility, is fantastic. There's no state income tax in Vegas. I think it is a location that players want to go and play for, you know, a community like that, a city like that. So um, in terms of what's next, the like NBA makes too much sense for me. I always thought that would be the first league to go to Vegas. It, it has not gone there yet, but I mean, it just makes a ton of sense. I mean, uh, they love hoops. They have facilities there. T-Mobile, as you guys know, was built to house a team at some point in the future. So, we shall see. I am always down for a weekend trip to Las Vegas. And endless gentlemen's clubs in Las Vegas, which, of, of course, course, which attracts all of the NBA. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't remember the player and I apologize. But the story about the guy who left the bubble in Florida to go to yes. uh, to go home and, and he had to have dinner at the strip club because that was his favorite restaurant. Is... Lou, Lou, Lou Williams of the Clippers. He has chicken wings named after him at that club, which tells you how Ooh. like we we. we when you have a food item, when you have chicken wings named after you at the strip club you go to, that gives you an idea of how often you're at that strip club. 
Arash, speaking of food items, you just you jogged my memory. I wanted to bring this one up as well. Um, you famously had a, a sandwich named after you a couple of years ago, and recently my heart was broken. There is a deli that I have gone to every Saturday for like 25 years since I was a kid, and uh, they call me Saturday John because I only come on <laughs> Saturdays. And, and, and so I just call up and say, you know, it's Saturday John, and, you know, can get my order, and then I pick it up in 15 minutes. And uh, about two years ago, pre-COVID, um, the the owner had told me that she would put it up on the thing Saturday John and she would list my order and if anybody wanted oh, the sandwich nice. and I was stoked I was gonna have it right um, I went in there for the first time during COVID I have not been this year uh, a, a couple of weeks ago and they've remodeled and they took all the signs down so oh no <laughs> I was I was t- too embarrassed to ask is my is my sandwich gonna be back up on the wall or not so. Um, yeah, I, I, and, I, and I thought of you knowing that you were going to be coming on the podcast because you had the, it was a sandwich, right? That was named the Arash yep. Sandwich? The Arash Markazi Sandwich. And uh, they are opening up a different location, by the way, in um, El Segundo, a block away from the King's facility. So at some point in time, when things get back to normal, we'll have to enjoy it there. I would be that would be great. Although it would be weird <laughs> eating the Arash sandwich with you there. I don't know. It'd be strange. Yes. But, but, but we, I look right. forward to our next meal together, my friend. Uh, it's been great. I really enjoy you stopping by the program. Everybody, check him out. Arash Mongo Markazi. You can check him out. He has his own radio program now, and uh, check him out on the Mightier Ten Ninety. We'll catch up soon, Arash. Thank you so much, guys. I'll see you soon. Welcome back to the third period of Kings of the Podcast with DB and the Mayor. Well, DB, we're back for the third period. That was uh, another fun interview uh, there. We've had a, a recent string of good stuff here on Kings of the Podcast. I enjoyed that chat with Arash. How about you? Oh, he's great. He's, you know, Mr. LA. He's been a fixture on the sports scene for, what, two decades now? And, you know, being a cancer survivor, his weight loss. And just a really good guy, man. A guy who, who knows how to build relationships. And I think, John, you and I talk about you know, why we're successful at what we do. It's about relationship building. And, and certainly Rosh knows a ton of guys. I'm happy that he's getting on the air with the Mighty Air 1090s. It was a really refreshing and a little bit different. It wasn't, you know, heavy hockey talk at all, but just a great guy to know. And if you can ever cross his path, uh, if, if you're a listener out there, he's just uh, just a wonderful, welcoming guy. So just uh, great to catch up with him and learn about uh, uh, the new project he's working on. The thing that has never lost on me, DB, is when you, when you see him in person, um, he is always smiling, always. The guy never has... A, a, a look other than a huge smile on his face. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. He might have some bad days, but I've never seen him. So yeah, it's just, he just has a joy, but I just think he, he lives in the moment given what he's gone through and he just loves sports, uh, all different types of sports. And he's just a, just a really good cat, man. I'm just uh, grateful that I, I've gotten to know him over the years. I was waiting for you to chime in though, when he dubbed himself the Mongo of the group. And yes, I was thinking, that was fantastic. you know, I don't know. I mean, can we at least elevate him to Paul Roma status? Uh, I mean, <laughs> Mongo of all the people, <laughs> Steve Mongo McMichael. Oh man. All right. That was a good one. That was, that was a good one though. Hey, <laughs> Hey DB. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know where we go with that. Uh, from there, but uh, how about this? 
Uh, as always, folks, the, the Kings of the Podcast episodes are brought to you by the folks at Manscaped. And if you're looking for the perfect gift for your partner this holiday season, Manscaped has you hooked up with the new Perfect Package 3.0. They've put this together. Uh, it is the number one recommended gift all year long. So what do you get, you might be wondering. Inside, you will find a Lawnmower 3.0, which is the best men's below-the-belt grooming trimmer. Uh, by the way, you can also use it for other parts of your body, uh, hairy chest or back. Uh, look no further. Hair down there, no problem. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is designed to reduce cuts and make for a smooth trim. In addition, you uh, can also check out their other liquid formulas. They have the perfect package, or inside the perfect package, I should say. They have the Crop Preserver Deodorant, the Crop Reviver Toner, which reduces, uh, also they have the Reduced Chafing Boxer Brief. So a lot of good stuff in there. And DB, for those that are wondering, the formulations are all uh, vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free. They're free of everything. Just go on to manscaped.com and use our coupon code, which is KOTP2020. Again, that's KOTP2020. Use that at manscaped.com. You will get 20% off and free shipping, and you'll be happy that you did so. Uh, the holidays are coming. Shop early. DB, I don't know if you've seen this recently. We've talked a lot about the vaccine on this program. I just saw on the news last night that they're encouraging everybody to shop early this year because the vaccine uh, distribution to all the frontline workers is expected to slow down uh, FedEx and UPS and everybody um, after December 15th. So yet another challenge in 2020. They wanted to make sure that Christmas is now a challenge. So shop early and get your packages delivered early. Have you seen this news, Dennis? I've not seen it, but Jay, that's a great reason to slow down the shipping of of Christmas and holiday gifts. So I, I will I will trade that off every time. That's really great news. And Hanukkah gifts as well, Dennis. Would not want to leave you Hanukkah, behind. Hanukkah gifts as well. One no. of <laughs> what what our listeners don't know is that one of my favorite holiday traditions, or what has become a favorite holiday tradition, is the humorous, crazy, nonsensical picture that you send me. Uh, you text me every year uh, around Hanukkah with some sort of a, a sweater or a costume. People don't know the other side of you, DB. That's someday I would like people to get to know the side of you with the crazy drinks that you send me when you're in Hawaii with the pineapples yeah. and stuff. And um, although recently you did share the the photo of your uh, your grandbaby in the in the yeah. Rams jersey, which I thought was for my own private viewing, until a couple hours later I saw it on social media. But um, you, it was, it was on, I think it was just on Facebook. Okay, all right. But you in your in your reindeer sweaters, yeah, I I, I'm Facebook ruining too. your I'm it's ruining your. It wasn't rep. on Twitter. So. <laughs> okay, I might be yes. ruining your rep, Dennis. I'm sorry, yes. but the it's it's an annual no, holiday never. tradition that I never. look forward to. I look forward to the picture. So please tell me that even during COVID, I'm still getting my my DB holiday picture. Yeah, well, you know, hopefully, well, the lovely PJ is is usually the uh, uh, the instigator on that stuff. You don't, I I don't go into you know, go online and order those shirts. I think the one, the reindeer one was good, but there was another one, I think, prior to that. And it was always, I think there was an ugly sweater that had a Hanukkah menorah on it. And the the, the inscription was, let's get lit. And that was one of my favorites. It's one well. of my favorites so, as yeah, well. But we'll try to, exactly. In December, we'll, we'll try to drag that out and try to figure out something. I'm sure she's probably online this morning trying to get me a nice holiday, uh, an ugly holiday sweater for sure. 
Well, Let's Get Lit is certainly one of my favorites. Uh, To wrap things up today, DB, uh, I just want to say this is the time of thanks, a week of of thanks and gratitude. And uh, I would just like to say thank you to all the listeners. This has been a wild ride over the last year or so with Kings of the Podcast. And thank you really to all the people behind the scenes, all of the PR people, the GMs, the scouts, the coaches, even the players who provide us with intel and information that allow us to do our jobs and and make our lives a little bit easier and connect the dots. I do want to say thank you. I can't name them because a lot of them are are private sources, but you know who you are, and I just want to say thank you very much. And uh, as I said, DB, of course, thank you to the listeners. It's been great. I love the interaction. I don't agree with a lot of what people uh, say, and especially the way that they're voting in the reverse retro cup uh, uh, tournament here. I, I think their their fashion tastes are terrible, but we can save that for a different day, DB. Yeah, you know, it's been a really rough year, 2020, but we could still be thankful that we're on the planet, that we have our family and our friends and our, our friendships. So, yeah, I'm, a, I'm thankful and grateful for a lot of stuff, even, even in a very difficult year. It's been a fun one, and uh, everybody, we will be back soon. Enjoy Thursday with your families or with your friends or with yourself, wherever you're quarantining. Have a great Thanksgiving, and we'll be back soon with some more episodes of Kings of the Podcast to entertain you. Talk to you soon. at Macy's, get great deals on fashion and home essentials. Update your wardrobe with 20% off new spring shoes and sneakers and 20 to 50% off fresh looks for him and her. Plus, transform your space with Lux Hotel Collection bedding, now 40% off. And Macy's Star Rewards members can earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices, exclusions apply.